Hello and welcome to the festive spirit, the festive time. We're recording this live on Christmas Eve, so if I don't see you, happy Christmas. I'll get it in there early. I'm joined by Angela, though, to discuss the latings going on at Downstoke. Hello, Ange. Hello, everybody. So, Ange, we've missed a bit. Paul Gallagher managed us for two games. And I'm going to say this, I think Paul did a great job. What do you believe? Well, firstly, I'd like to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, and secondly, I'd like to say it was only you. You couldn't be bothered to do a podcast because you missed a screw dead on. So, uh, yes, I would agree he did a great job. We didn't lose, undefeated. Yeah, he, I, to be honest, I thought he did a good job. I mean, it, there was a lot of people on Praise and Grumble saying if he did anything else, we could have kept on with him until the end of the season. You're not one of those believers, are you? Do you thought he was just a bit, a bit of an interim till we got our man? I, I just, I don't think that he wanted to carry on till the end of the season. I think he will. He, he wanted to be a coach. He, he spoke to me in one of the press conferences and said it was an extra pressure. He came as a coach, and I also think he probably would have felt a little bit disloyal to Alex Neal if there was any loyalty left in football because Alex Neal brought him to the club as a coach. So, listen, I'd have been happy with him carrying on, but I don't think it was a, ever an option. Well, the last two games, obviously, we haven't discussed because, obviously, I was being Mr Grinch, as you've just said. So, what, what what do you think of the results? I mean, I thought we were unlucky. If it wasn't for the Jack Bonham Howley, we would have got three points. Yes, but, unfortunately, when you make a mistake and you're in, uh, in the goal net, you, you, it's going to be highlighted like that. I mean, uh, yesterday he saved us, so you, it swings in roundabouts. And, funnily enough, if he'd have saved... If Tommy Simpkin had saved the shot, um, like Bonham saved the shot yesterday, I think Alex Neal would still be the manager at Stoke City. So, as I said, it swings and roundabouts. Yes. Um, I, I, I am still concerned, and I know we'll come on to um, the concerns of us both. I just, I'm sorry, we bought 19 players, 20 players if you count the one that went, uh, and I don't think most of them are good enough for the league we're in. And that includes the forwards. Well, I agree, Andrew. We'll hold off on that because before we talk about what's gone on with the squad, we've got a welcome Stephen Schumacher from Plymouth Argyle, another manager we stole from Plymouth Argyle. Last one was very successful, took us to the Premier League, took us to an FA Cup final and took us past the group stages of the Europa League. What are your thoughts on Stephen Schumacher? Uh, my thoughts are he's going to have to come back twice. Um, if he's going to be as successful as Tony Pulis, because uh, Tony was more successful the second time, as we know. Uh, however, I was quite surprised. I think I'm thinking it's a gamble because of his lack of experience. But if he's good enough, then I suppose the experience doesn't matter. When I saw all the names bandied around, like Graham Potter, Nuno, Michael Beale, I'm not sure how many of those would have even considered the job. But uh, he is the manager, and whether you like him or not, and I haven't formed a, a real opinion on him at the moment, apart from I think he's inexperienced, he'll be keen and we have to back him because um, that's what we do at Stoke and, and we need every little thing going for us. We need teamwork on and off the pitch. So he's, he's going to have my vote at the moment, whatever happens. Of oh, course. You? Well, we've got to back the man, but I'll be honest, I was very, very underwhelmed. <laughs> By the decision to give it Stephen Schumacher. 
he's done a good job at Plymouth. I'm not going to just dispute that. I think he's done a really good job, to be fair. He's got him up. And I don't think they are terrible in the championship. I mean, it's not it's not great, is he? I mean, personally, the Ipswich manager would have been my pick if we were, if we were stealing somebody from this league. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, there were some exciting names being banded about, like Nuno. What what do we think of Nuno? Because it looked like Nuno had signed at one point. Because he was it. He was it. The bet three six five, wasn't he? Well, everybody has different opinions of um, whether he should have come or not. The one thing I think I told you when we spoke that I felt would go against him was that wherever he goes, he takes a, a lot of backroom staff with him, and I don't think Stoke would have wanted that. But he hasn't come. He's gone to Nottingham, and I. I don't know. I think whoever comes to this football club has got a real challenge on their hands in terms of everybody's talking about it being a poison chalice now. And I just wasn't overwhelmed, if I'm being honest. And I hope Schumacher is the best thing since sliced bread. But I wasn't overwhelmed with the list of people that were supposedly down to be managers. I know Ricky Martin in the press conference said that he had a five-point plan and that over 60 people applied. Well, I'm assuming one of you you were one of those 60, Ian, because I don't believe that 60 people seriously applied for the Stoke City job. Well, I mean, I did apply. got knocked back, which I'm a bit disappointed about. They said lack of experience in any avenue, which, to be fair, <laughs> I didn't actually, I'm just joking. But, yeah, I, I think there's been a, a bit of porky pie Italian. I mean, from what I've understood from my sources and from people I know, it was a toss-up between John Eustace, Schumacher, Carlsley and Beale. Now, we've dodged a bullet, a massive bullet in Michael Beale, because what a fantastic start he has, and already, already Sunderland fans want him out. Um, but I think out of that list, because of that promotion and a little bit of experience... Schumacher is probably the best of the four there. Carlsley would have been a decent shout, but I think we've got the best of the four, really. It's it's not... I mean, I don't understand why there's no foreign people on that list. I, I'm still a bit dodgy about that. I mean, I can't understand why we didn't look at Van Nistelrooy and a few other managers abroad. But it is what it is. We've got Schumacher, and we'll move now on to the Stoke versus Millwall match, which was thrilling, wasn't it, Anne? Well... Clearly, the man who doesn't drink has been on the eggnog because I don't think I've seen um, I've seen a worse match. I've seen a worse match not too long ago when I said it was the worst match I'd ever seen. But in terms of quality, I thought the first half proved. I mean, we were all saying, God, Millwall are bad. We didn't beat them. The first half proved, in my opinion and in my belief, how poor our squad is. Yeah, I second agree. Half, second half, we ran. Yeah. But there was, you know, I mean, we, we had all these supposed shots. They had, what, two? And nearly scored with one. And thank you, Mr. Bonham. I know we'll come on to that. But I thought, if anybody sits there at the moment and expects Schumacher to get this club into the promised land or near the playoffs, then we're going to have to have a Boston January transfer window because we aren't good enough. No, I agree, and we'll go through the stats now to show that we did. I mean, possession-wise, it was 53 towards 47 to Millwall. Shots, we had 19 to their two. Shots on target, only four from 19, and then one to two. 
Corners, we had seven, they had two. Fouls, we lost again. Millwall won it this time, 16 to 11. So there's your answer, really, of why we're struggling. We've had 19 shots, but only four were on target, which means we are very wasteful in them areas, aren't we? Let, let's be brutally honest. It, it, it's becoming a problem, isn't it? It's not becoming a problem. It's been a problem all season. It's not. It's been a problem all season. If you look at, we're halfway through the season now, and everybody says to be safe, you need fifty points, the magical fifty points, right? Let's bear in mind that we've had a purple patch where we we've, we've done, you know, the the purple patch in in October when we beat Sunderland, Leeds, and Middlesbrough, right? That purple patch of nine points, we probably weren't expecting. We're going to need another purple patch plus two more draws. If we carry on as we are to hit the 50 points, I'm not so sure we've got that in us with the current squad. No, we, we, we are extremely toothless, aren't we? And the answers have got to come somewhere. Schumacher has famously said he likes five at the back. If that comes back, I want him out. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be honest, don't see that come back. But before we discuss the squad, because we'll do that after, we'll go in with play ratings. Now, for me, man of the match, Jack Bottom. Well, you see, straight away, I disagree. Yeah, you're wrong. And he had nothing to do all the way through, but he made one fantastic stop at the end. Right? And I say he had nothing to do. There was also one when he got through, and I, I thought he was lucky not to concede the penalty, but he got a free kick. That save un- undoubtedly kept us the points that we got. But for me, he wasn't man of the match. But I will give him a seven. Hey, I'll give him an eight. Bottom, I thought he was brilliant, to be honest. For what he had to do, I thought he was—he wasn't quiet. He was coming out for stuff that usually he panics and is very nervous around. And for me, he made the match match winning uh, during save. I mean, if he, if that was another goalkeeper, yeah, he was a hero. He was a complete hero at the end. Yeah, but, um, that's enough for I'm, me. I'm not. Yeah, well, okay. Well, you're very easily pleased. Yeah, I am. I am very easily pleased. Right, so we go into the next player, which is Hoovy. Right, well, I really liked Hoover last year. He's, he's just lost the art of defending. He's all right going forward. But he's, why is he on corners? The corners don't pass the first man. Uh, I, I, think he's, I think he's going through what I would say was a really, really, really bad patch. Five. I'll go on for four. To be honest, he was lucky to stay on the pitch. With that high boot against Mitchell, I, th- I thought he was very lucky. For me, I'll put it out there, I would probably let Hoover go back in January, personally. I think he's too raw, Ange. He's too raw. He's too hit and miss. The problem I have with Hoover, it's like his corners were woeful. And why why Schumacher put him on corners, I don't understand. Because they were dreadful. But the big issue I have with him, it's, he's too hot and cold. Like, sometimes he'll... he'll but I mean, he's—it's not like he has a good run of games. He's—he's hitting, missing games. Like yesterday, he was overrun so many times. He was lucky not to get a red card. When he should have broke forward, he didn't, and then sat back and left. We ended up losing the ball because there was no width on the right side. Um, for me, he gets a four because the corners alone was just so frustrating. And now we go into a Dylan Gooch who I don't understand was playing. What happened to Thompson, Andrew, after that great performance? Well, obviously, he's 
he's having a look at people and deciding what he wants to do. And he probably felt that Thompson was more defensive than than Gooch. So that's why I think he played Gooch. He runs a lot. He gets stuck in. I don't think he passes the ball particularly well. Um, he's, a, he's a decent enough at defending and you can't fault his effort. But I think we need better. Although out of the current squad we've got, I'm afraid I would play most of the time at six for me. Yeah, I'll go over five for Gooch. I mean, he, he got involved in the game. He, he brought other players into action from the midfield areas moving forward. But he, he, he wasn't able to break forward and put balls in on his left foot because he was playing... I think he was trying to play him in that wing-back sort of push-forward role. But Thompson was better than that. And I thought Thompson was brilliant midweek as well at left-back. Yeah, I thought Thompson did well midweek. So, I don't, this is the problem that I have, and we'll talk about it with players when... Players who play well, for some reason, the week after aren't playing. And that's another one that annoys me. Because Thompson, really, from that performance, should be kept there until he makes a mistake or that form drops. But instead, with us, we seem to play him in the certain players who get dropped again. Whereas there's certain players. And I think this is that favouritism we're talking about, which we'll go on to with players. But Gooch, he did all right. I mean, he got he gets middle range performance. He got he tried to make some attacks, but it come to nothing. And then we move into Michael Rose. Now, Michael Rose, I thought did okay. He didn't didn't make many mess ups at all. Although he didn't have a great deal to do, he's decent enough, I guess. But. I'll go on for five again. I think it's a middle range performance. I think I like it when he's a bit higher because he has got that pace to get yeah, back, hasn't he? He's quick and he's a steady yeah. player. I don't like him at left centre back because he keeps getting overrun on that left side, which is why I think Alex Neal got desperate and put Kieran Clark back in. But I do, I do rate Rose. I think if McNally was sent back, which is what we'll go into next, I think Michael Rose could cover that position at right. But I'm sorry, Angie, he's not a first team player for me. I just don't think no. he's good enough for where we no, want to go I as a club. Disagree. I wouldn't disagree. We have no spine. Yeah. But we wouldn't come on to that as well. Yeah, that's a big issue. Right, now McNally, who's been a bit off recently. Well, I thought he was solid until that mental switch off. Um, what a mess that was. I mean, you, you just saw it. It was like unfolded in front of your eyes and thinking he's another Sheffield Wednesday, 94th minute, we're going to lose. But luckily, Jack Bonham came through and, and saved us. And because he made that mess up, I'm going to give him five. What a clanger that was. Yeah, I'll go on with four because, I, to be honest, I thought he was steady for most of the game. I thought he cleared his headers right. I don't think he missed a, an edit to clear. I thought defensively he was solid. He didn't do much wrong. But that howler, wow. You know, I haven't yeah. seen. I've seen that sometimes when I walk. You know, when I used to walk the dog, when I used to when I was young, and I used to watch a bit of Sunday league football. Those are the kind of clangers I used to see like that. And I think that yeah. is bad, which is why he gets a four because you can't do that at this level. I mean, you can't do that at, at Vale's level, really, can you? Clangers like that. I'm not going to judge him too hard because the rest of his game was pretty good. I couldn't. I couldn't yeah, knock him. Away with it. Once. Yeah, that might have been a bit, a bit of luck we need. And that's that's the good thing that we are getting a bit of luck again because we have been a bit all over the place. Now, yeah. a player I was impressed with yesterday, um, Wootit Berger. Well, he's getting my man of the match because um, whilst he faded a bit in the second half, and that was because he had cramp, he said, 
I thought he was way better than anything on the pitch. And the one thing I noticed was he never stopped talking from the minute he got on the pitch till the minute he went off telling players where to go. And Schumacher was passing messages to him to pass to the other players. And I think there's a potential captain there. Um, I just thought he was at the middle of everything that was good. Um, I've been a bit disappointed at certain times with him, but I thought as he was playing in a role that suits him better... Uh, yesterday, I thought he was best player on the pitch, so he's getting an eight for me. Yeah, he's getting an eight. He's getting a seven for me as well. I thought he was really good yesterday in that holding role, just a bit deeper, because he was. He's got that threat which Pearson hasn't got, where yeah. he'll pass us and move us forward. That's a great shout, shout and spot from Schumacher already. I'll give him that, and I'll give him that on his rating. He spotted that Berger's better in that deeper role. Because he can spread the play and he, he's not afraid to move the team forward. Because the problem is with Ben Pearson, we sit and we tend to stay there. Whereas when Berger's in that holding role, he picks the ball up and moves us forward. Similar to what yeah. Steven Zonzi did for us when Mark Hughes was in charge. I'm really impressed yeah. with Berger, to be honest. And the other thing, the other thing, Ian, was all his passes were forward. And in the past, he, he was always looking to get the ball forward. And in the past, with, with the previous manager, I felt he had to go sideways and backwards. Um, so I think he, he might do really well under this manager, as you say. Yeah, I was really impressed with Berger, and I think he. But we got what we paid for. We paid. We paid really good championship money for him. So we we've got a quality player there. There's no one doubting. And I thought, yeah, I agree. He was always trying to find the forward pass rather than the sideways or the backwards, which is one of my biggest faults of Ben Pearson but here we go so now moving to Josh Laurent I thought Laurent had one of his better games he almost looked like he thought right I've got to pull my finger out uh, I've got to try here I've really got to perform and I thought he was okay uh, I thought he, um, he he wasn't great in the first half but then he pulled himself together in the second half and, and uh, did some work which is which is needed isn't it Um but, you know, I just think his, his last ball or, or getting into the area, I just don't think he has the quality that we expected uh, a six from me. Uh, I'll go over seven for Laurent as well. I, I thought he was really good. I liked he, he showed real aggression and he never stopped. He was moving well as well, which is something we haven't seen before. I think this is a, an instant change from Schumacher, to be honest, which is good signs for me. The problem is we're just lacking quality, which we'll talk about after. But... I mean, he got a great reception when he came off. He was applauded off, which has been complete change from recent months. But I thought he played well. I thought he made some movements, but he hasn't got that creative edge, which is the fall yeah. down of him, to be honest. But I thought he did well. Right, now we're going to go back into a player that, again, I do not understand why he's back in the team. Johnson. Right, well... I could sum him up in, in one word, but I don't think that's fair on the podcast, particularly on Christmas Eve. I don't know why he's in the team. I don't see that he pushes many, puts many passes through to Stoke players. Um, in fact, I think he slows things down a lot of the time. Uh, but obviously, Alex Neal liked him. Um, there's just a load of huffing and puffing with him and, and no end product for me, but so a five. Uh, I'll go on with a four for Daniel Johnson. I, I mean, everybody knows it's quite popular that... I don't like the player. And I thought he slowed everything down yesterday. I think Laurent and yeah. Berger were doing some great work to push him into good areas. And he was more looking to pass back than to do his yeah, job as a camp. He, he? he 
he's what? He's limited in what he's limited in what he does as far as I'm concerned. And what's he create? What does he create? I mean, Josh Lennon will create something. I don't see Johnson creates anything. No, he's a very disappointing player. I mean, the thing that makes it even more annoying is there is flashes like I think towards the end of the first half he made a couple of good runs. I was thinking, pass, pass, and he he just ran down a corner, down an alleyway, and for me, he's the most frustrating player we've signed this one. And, and how long's his contract, Dan? Is it one year or two? I think it's three. Three years. I think it's two and a half, to be honest. But oh, I don't know. brilliant! Well, if we then neither was liking, it'll go be five, won't it? It'll be something like that. Well, that's it. Brilliant signing. Well done, Alex Neil. Right. So now we move into Larice. Now, I know I've said that I felt, and it wasn't meant to be derogatory, a poor man's Jacobs Brown, but I think he is just poor. I don't think he offered anything at all yesterday. In fact, I thought he was awful. Um, I, 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 I just thought he was awful. He tried. He had a bandage on his head for the first half, and then he took it off and he got a little scratch. For me, it was one of his worst matches, and, and he's getting a four. Uh, I'm going to go on for three, actually, for Lloris. I'm, I'm starting to agree with you a bit, to be honest. I thought, yeah, he got a big clatter in there and he works hard, but there's no end results. I mean, how many times did he get on the right-hand side and not put a ball in the box? I don't know. Kept that's moving in. You, that's right what you say. There's no end result with him. Nothing is of any note. Like, he works hard. and it, Like, the thing is with Brown, like, we all know Brown had his faults. Like, he... When he had, when he had to not think about shooting, he'd scored a goal. And when he had to, when he had plenty of time, he, he, he'd sky it over the bar. But at least he had them opportunities. The problem is I have with Larice. He gets in good areas, he gets in good positions, and then makes the wrong decision. And, it, and that's the reason why Sam Dor he failed at Sampdoria and failed in Italy because there was no end result with him. And they were getting frustrated with him and they thought, well, if Stoke want money for him, they can have him, kind of thing. There is potential yeah, there, yeah. but the problem is yeah. he's the wrong age. He's 27, yeah. 28 years of age now. He, he should be the ready-made article. He's at his peak. And the problem is, I don't see what he does. Like, I like his work ethic. I love that because there's not because recently there's been not many who've had that. But I've not seen any quality with him. And this is the problem with a yeah, lot of no, players. Great. Right, now we move well, in. We're going to talk about that, aren't we, in a bit? Well, we are going to talk about that. So we go in now to Vidigal. What's going on with Vidigal? Well, I think if ever you wanted an example of somebody that's lost their confidence, he's lost his confidence. I think he's extremely lightweight. He does a bit of running around. He did one nice back heel. But there's no end product with him at all. Um, I, I, honestly, um... I just think the start of the season might have been a blip, whereby he just had a had a good couple of games. I don't think um, he will produce what we need up front. I honestly don't think he will produce it, and he strikes me. And I, this is stereotypical, and people can shout down the at the podcast, whatever medium they're listening on. But I think he he strikes me as a overseas player who will be brilliant in the warm weather and not so good when it's cold. And, and that's just the way I feel. I mean, he's got good movement, but he, there's nothing at the end, is there? There's no end product now. And hopefully it's just confidence, but I'm not convinced. What about you? Well, and I'm going to give him a five. 
I'll go with a steady five as well. I mean, I I, I like him because I like his movements. And I think Mike Lone was talking about this on another podcast. Um, when you've got a player like Vidigal, he's going to be a frustrating player. He really is. But I think there is a player there, if you can get him confident and in a system. I think the problem is with what Alex Neal was trying to do, it was too defensive and Vidigal was having to do too much. I think he just needs a goal. And I think he'll clip back in. I've got hope with Vidigal. With Larice. I haven't really seen much apart from hard work. Whereas Vidigal's got that movement. He's got how many times yesterday did he get in good areas and good movements into the right places? It's just not confidence, and the end result wasn't there. But I think it's coming yeah. with Vidigal. I think once he gets a goal under the new manager, I think there's a I think there's a player. I'm not going to judge him too off yet. I'll, I'll give Vidigal a season. I think that start. I think he deserves he deserves a bit of time, which is what I'm going to give him. And a good manager. So let's hope Schumacher can get the best out of him. Right, now we go into, for me, one of the most frustrating strikers I've seen for a while. Ryan May. Well, in the post-match press conference, Schumacher said he was really impressed with him because uh, he kept the ball all the time and um, he was really good. So... Instantly, I thought, wow, I didn't see that. I know he gets into good positions, but I just think he takes too long on the ball and there's no real end product from him, is there? It, 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 so he gets in the right positions, but you have to do a bit more, don't you? Um, you need to do a bit more. And I know that um, Dave Reed just said he's one of these people that uh, wants the ball in a certain place and we don't put it in a certain place. Uh, he likes to be going at the goal. He doesn't like the ball when he's got his back to the goal. But for somebody as big, I think he's really weak. He gets pushed off the ball too easily. Um, and I'm I'm sure there's a player in there, but we probably won't see it. He'll go somewhere else and he'll be a world beater. So he's getting a six off me. I'll go over for five for Ryan May. I, I like when he runs up against, when he runs through. I think, do you want me to tell you what he is? He's a Benicophobi. He's a one-dimensional player. Where if the ball's well, in the right place... when well, Benny Kofobi was... I mean, look at Kofobi when he was in good reigns of form. It was when players were passing him through, he could run onto it and shoot and score. Ryan May's another one. It's another bad case of scouting for me. I think Ryan May's a good player. I do, I think there's a good player. But he just doesn't suit what where we are at this moment. If we had a good... No, I wouldn't disagree. I wouldn't disagree with you. I think if we had a squad that was settled and had a way of playing and and Ryan came in then, I think, yeah, he'd probably work. We'd, we'd have a Cam who can spread the ball forward. He'd run on to it, get in the spaces and score goals. But we haven't got it, because Daniel Johnson isn't that Cam. We haven't got a Cam, have we, no. at this moment in time? And I think that... Absolutely not. And I think Ryan May is a good player. I think he is. I, I think he's just not working for us. And he's low on confidence as well. So he's got to find... A, but he's got to find a way himself, Ange. This is the problem I've had with so many of our players over the times, where... They've got to work their way back into confidence and it has to come. So, at the moment, he's the only striker for me worth playing. So, I will stick with him. Right, so the substitutions. Right, early subs, which I'm liking. Uh, junior for Larice, which was way overdue in my opinion. Well, I would agree with you 100%. I think it was nine minutes into the second half and we started making the subs, which could only be positive. Um, I thought he played really, really well. He did fade a bit towards the end, 
but I, I looked at him and I thought, wow, you know, um, for a while the game changed. When he came on, he changed the game for a bit, and then, as I say, he, he failed a bit. But that's because combination of things. He, he didn't. He's uh, he's not had enough time to get completely match fit in the games. I like the way he tries to get the ball up the pitch. He's always aggressive. He's always moving forward. And I'm going to give him a seven. I'll agree. I'm going to give him a seven. I, I, I think, to be honest, apart from the great save from Jack Bonham, that eight-yard powerful run he made in the second half was probably the most exciting thing I've seen in years. I've never seen a player like that. Well, not never, but I haven't seen a player for a long time pick the ball up and run with that speed and power for a long time. Cause, no, no. Because we're, we're normally so slow, aren't we, and sluggish and nothing yeah. tends to work. Whereas Amy just picked the ball and said, bugger this, and ran it up the wing. I, I probably haven't seen it since Pennant, Pennant to be honest. Mm. For me, he's got to be a starter. We, I know he's young and he might be a bit not ready and stuff like that, but I think he's better than half the squad we've got. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. I think he was brilliant the other day. The fans have warmed to him lovely. Get him in the squad. Get him in ahead of Larice. If we can loan Larice out or do whatever we can. But when we get a good one, let's keep him in the squad, eh? Right, and then John O. Bay came on for Johnson, which I would have done at half-time, to be honest, Dan. Yeah, listen, I like his movements. I like the way he gets the ball out wide and, and, and stretches defences. And I think he should be a starter. Now, he hasn't... He hasn't. Um, a lot of people think he's a bit lightweight and he's raw. Well, I think he's raw, but I think he's a better person to start in the team than... And some of the others, I'd start having him in every time instead of Johnson. I don't don't know what you would do, but I would have him every time. Um, I think it'll be better if he gets in the team consistently. And I just think he should be in the centre of the pitch. He's, he's doing a lot going out wide. So I'll give him a six. I'll give him a seven, I will, John. What an exciting player he is. And he should be in the middle. I don't know why he keeps putting him on the wing. Why Why is Schumacher falling in? He's falling into the yeah. same mistake. You've got Johnson there, swapping for Johnson and leave him in that role. I am crying to see him as a cam. I think if we pulled him in, he'd pull the strings. And I think he'd get the best out of Ryan May. Because if, when I was watching him, he's how he stood and how he moves. And he's a nightmare for defenders. You could see Millwall going, oh God, what's this we're running, we're running at us now? Because he's got that quality. He can beat players. So get him in the cam and let him beat players. There's no point putting him on the wing because I just don't think yeah, it suits agree. him. So yeah. we've got two good, exciting young players there, Ange. And a late substitute, 75th minutes, sort of like for like in a way, and that was Hackett for Vidigal. He wasn't on too long. I didn't think he did a great deal. I think he needs a bit more time to, to get up to speed, but also a bit more time on the on the pitch. He didn't affect the game much, did he? Let's be honest. I'll give him a uh, five. I'll go steady down the road five. But I do like his movements as well, Ange. I think he should be starting at yeah. the moment ahead of Vidigal and keep him fit. I think he's a bit, he's got a bit more about him in those areas till Vid we can get Vidigal up and running. I mean, what would you say about putting Vidigal on the right? See what he can do on the right? Yeah, I, I, I would do that. But I just think wherever you put him, he'll play there very quickly. I think if you could put him on the right, he might he might be better for him where he can have instant shots or instant crosses because we know he can finish. We've seen it. And I'm thinking if we put him on the right, Acker on the left and maybe John O'Bay in the middle with May up front, 
they might create a bit more opportunity. That's just my opinion. Right, and then Thompson for Berge. Now, I was annoyed about this because I think, I think this sort of destroyed a bit of momentum. He had to come off because he had cramp. He wanted to come off, that was obvious. I just did, he thought he did a, a steady job. And he didn't have a great deal of time to influence things, but he, he always had a steady game. And he, he tried, he, I don't, you're never going to say he's let you down. If somebody gets past him, he'll kick him up in the end, take one for the team if necessary. But uh, I thought he did okay, so I'll give him a 6 2. Uh, a five, a steady five. I, I, I like I Thompson. Like I, I do like Thompson. I think he's a useful, He's a very useful player. It's not that I don't like him. I think he's useful. I think he's a good player to have on the pitch. And I thought he was brilliant the last couple of games when he played left-back. I think he, he really should be there, playing there until we can bring a good one in. Because we failed on that avenue, if you ask me. Yeah. But I do, I do like him. It's not that I don't. And then the final sub... Bakey for Laurent. Well, I, I, the nicest thing I can say is there wasn't enough time to really judge him. Um, I don't know whether Lewis Baker will be at the club much longer. I, I, it looks like his time was up. Maybe it will depend on this next transfer window if we can get anybody else in. But uh, a five. There wasn't really a great deal of time for him to do much, to be fair, but didn't set the world alight, did he? Um, yeah, a five for me. He didn't get involved at all, really. I can't remember him doing a lot, but that's been the case now for what it's two, well a season and a half, really. Uh, for me, get yeah. rid as soon as possible. That that's that's all I'll say. And the subs that weren't used were Simkin, Gale, Wesley, and Clark. Now, was there any of them you would have put on onto the pitch? No. Was that a flat no? Definitely none of them. Absolutely not one of them. Well, I mean, there was a lot of people calling out for Wesley well, late on, which... Oh, right. Well, that amazes me, then. The Christmas spirit's been drunk too much, though. Well, I, I, don't, I don't get it, to be honest, Andrew. I mean, what's going on with the fans? They seem a bit all over the place at the moment, don't they? Well, I think it's perhaps uh, people have their favourites and want to see him on because he's got a certain prize tag, but um, I, I'm not... From what I've seen at the moment, it doesn't impress me that much. But, you know, Shania playing it harder. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Right, so we'll go in with the overall performance. God, I thought the game was pretty dire. I thought we tried harder in the second half, and I'll give it a seven. And that's because it's Christmas. <laughs> Very generous. Right, I'll go in with a, I'll go in for five. Nil-nil draw, middle of the road. I wasn't really impressed with a lot. I think we were very wasteful. Very wasteful with the ball when we are in good areas. Corners, we had plenty and they were absolutely hopeless. Hoover just couldn't get them. Either he put them way too far or he put them straight in the first man. So, disappointing for me. Right, referee? Six. Uh, I'll go five, middle of the road. And now with the big one. New manager man, Stephen Schumacher's first ever rating.
given that we've not seen him more than once, as I say, his subs are positive, seven. Yeah, steady middle of range. Um, I'll, I'll give him a six because there was bits of like and bits of didn't. I, I, I was confused at the Thompson not starting. I was confused at, at why Johnson is back in the team. There was, there was a little bit, but I did like that he was bringing subs on early. I did like that. I mean, I didn't think they had a, enough of an effect for my liking. I didn't like where he put Bay, but I did like the, the junior sub. So... It's first game, we can't judge him yet, can we? We've just got to give him time and hope he gets us out of this situation, haven't we? Yeah, well, we can give him all the time in the world, but if, if you, you can only improve what you've got. And if you haven't got rough diamonds, don't matter how much you polish them, there is another saying that you can use at this junction. But if you've got not got enough diamonds, they won't polish up to make a diamond, will they? And I don't think we've got enough rough diamonds in that squad. I really don't. Well, we're going to go through that now, aren't we? We're going to go through the players that have come in, and we're going to first. We're going to look at the biggest problem for me at this at this club, which is the back line. So we've got a few players here to be said. We've got Ender Stevens. We've got Michael Rose. We've got uh, McNally. We've got Hoovey. Ben Wilmot, who soon should be starting to return. Sparrow's still at the club, and Kieran Clark. When I look at that, oh, and obviously Junior, out of them, the only ones I really like is Luke McNally and Junior, out of that back line. So, I think Hoover could come good again under Schumacher, but that's the problem we've got. We talk about new manager bounce. Again, I suppose that was a good new manager bounce for us because we didn't lose. It has to say something. When you've got an up-and-coming manager or somebody that's prepared to make changes early, the fact that he made changes early and nothing else improved... I mean, I didn't think the game was any better than the last few games under Alex Neal or under Gally. Yeah, there's now, no changes it's there. Too early, it's too early to blame or say the manager doesn't know what he's doing or he does know what he's doing. But I'll still go back to the fact that I do not believe that this squad is anywhere near good enough. And nobody can turn around and tell me, you know, they're all talking about these 18 signings and they were brilliant. But I told you at the time, I hadn't heard the most of them. And I can understand why now. I don't think they're anywhere near the quality we need for this league. Yeah, I agree. I think the big, one of the biggest problems of what we do when we sign players is we... we, we... I've said it so many times, we, we try fix everything in one go instead of focusing on an area, bring quality in. Because, I mean, I mean, I'll look at the players that we've spent money on. So I'll look at Berge, good player. And, he do, and he's been good with all three managers we've had this season. Gallagher, Schumacher, I know it's only one game, but Alex Neal, he, he performed well under Alex Neal. But he came for a good big fee. And to be honest, we've got what we paid for, a good player. The problem I look at is when I look at his defenders, Luke McNally would have been a three, four million pound sign if we made him permanent. Junior cost us what, 1.8, 1.2 million, was it? Rose was free. I don't know, but it doesn't, it doesn't. I understand you get what you pay for. But if you just go back to the basics, right, the vast majority of the players we've got, every if you had 100 soap fans listening to this now on a Zoom call, I think 95 at least would say, we do not have a central defence, we do not have a regular left-back, 
We need another goalkeeper. And we ain't got a strike force. That's six or seven players we need in the January transfer window. Strikers, everybody's after. Would you come to Stoke? Central defenders, well, we thought we'd cure that problem. We haven't. And the goalkeeper, to me, even though it was really unlucky what happened with Travis, they should never have put themselves in that position that it was a possibility. So you can talk to me, and everybody can talk to me all day about how good this squad is. It if isn't. this squad was that good, we would not be where we are in the league table halfway through the season. The squad has got massive gaps in it. It is completely ill-balanced, and unless we sort it out in the January transfer window, we are in a major relegation battle. Well, of course it is. I mean, I said this at the start of the season. This is what I mean about people listening to me. I said this at the start of the season that it's imbalanced. We were going into the season with one left-sided defender, one left-footed defender. We were going into the season with one left-footed midfielder. It's not a, at that point not a single left-footed winger for the left side. It's all right heavy on our team. Everybody's right-footed. And the problem is, we look at the defence, we've brought in Kieran Clark, vast experience, I agree. Michael Rose was brilliant in League One in Coventry's promotion to the Championship and and in League Two. But he didn't do great last season for him at Coventry. So I don't, this this is what I mean. It seems like whoever's making the decisions on the players isn't looking through the whole career in what they bring. Like... A perfect example is Ryan May. He did well last season, but he played in the Hungarian top flight. And I'm not, there's no disrespect right. to, to the Hungarian top flight. That might as well be the conference compared to the divisions we're in now. So the issue I have is if we look at the strikers we were linked to this season, we were, we were linked to Cannon, we were linked to Sims, Ryan May and Wesley. Not one of those players has done well. Ali Sims are on about loaning out at Coventry. I think he scored two goals, is it? Three goals. Tom Cannon can't get anywhere near the Southampton front line. It's got. It's coming down to, again, the same issue, Ange. Recruitment again. So the, the new people they've brought in have made more mistakes again, haven't they? Yes, I think you're probably right. But you've got to say that with those early subs yesterday, uh, so he takes off DJ and... Um, replaces Lloris, then maybe very quickly he's learning about what his squad's about. Um, but I know what you're saying. I, I really am concerned. I really am concerned about what's going to happen because the next few games, we thought these matches were an easy, not an easy, but a, a much easier 10 matches. We have won in nine. Yeah, but this is again a big problem, Andrew, is that what I'm saying is that we, we there's no dynamity in our squad. We can't go ultra-defensive because we haven't got the defenders. We can't go out all-out attack because we'll just waste chances. The only thing we can do is do what we are doing, which is possessional play. To just stop us either scoring or, or conceding. Because it's because we, yeah. we know that defence... I mean, McNally showed it yesterday, just like Rose showed it against uh, Sheffield Wednesday. That The problem is, there's one mistake, we're conceding a goal because we're so light... Yeah. It's yeah, quality. No, and if we can see the goal, we're going to need to score two. We haven't got two strikers, in my opinion, that can score two. We haven't and got two players. Campbell. Campbell, had, Campbell had a little injury, a little knock, right? 
Edna Stevens, Edna Stevens will have a little knock. Edna Stevens is not available for the next match, for the next couple of weeks. Campbell might be back in a couple of weeks. I mean, I don't think Campbell will um, sign another contract for this club. I think Campbell will go. So the sooner he's back and trying to make everybody realise um, that he's a good player or he thinks he's a good player, then the better it is for us because we haven't got we haven't got a clinical striker. We haven't had one for years. Well, it's not, I, I agree with you with clinical. I mean, Campbell isn't clinical. We know that from his past. He, he can score a few goals. We know he can. But the problem is, I, I don't know where playing because he's so inconsistent. He's so hot and cold, but he is our best finisher. And we've got Gale, who's just two years too late, really. Um, Ryan May, I think, is only going to work in one system or an informed team. And But realistically, I don't think there's quality anywhere, Ange. That's the problem I'm, I'm thinking of. Who do you think, apart from Berger and the young lads that have been brought in, who've been well-signed, by the way, I'll, I'll give them credit on the young players like Junior, Bay and, and Jojic, from what I'm hearing, they look like really good young players. But other than them, tell me who's got quality in that squad, who's a quality well, player. You've just mentioned Jokic or whatever we call him, Jokic. He's nowhere near first-team ready, apparently. Now, I can't comment having seen him play because I haven't seen him play. I, I, I've said this for the last two or three podcasts and I'm becoming, I'm boring myself now. The players of the 20 players we had, there would only be four or five that would make my squad. That's a really poor percentage rate. And then if you take it further and you take out the Rotherham game where everybody thought we were going to be world beaters, but, but they were awful, although they've come on a bit now, right? We've played them twice, right? We've got three goals from open play, apart from that. And two of them were from set pieces, if you include the, the Wesley one that went in off the, the player at Leeds. Right? That's in 11 games. Right? Three goals from open play and two from set pieces in the 11 home games. Right? And it's, it's just frightening. And you can go back to uh, August when Vinegar got that great finish against Watford. And then he also scored, I think it was against Hull when we were getting battered. Um, he got a consolation goal. Then you've got Ryan Mai's decent goal against Sunderland. And McNally's header from the corner. We got an own goal against Leeds and a penalty against Swansea. So how anybody can say this attack is going to be great with a different coach, it's delusional. It's delusional. We are where we are in the league because we can't defend and we can't score. We've got a great midfield, but we should have. We've got about 15 midfielders. And well, now I'm getting irate, and I shouldn't on Christmas Eve. No, you can on Christmas Eve. It's fine. We're talking about Stoke. If you aren't irate, it's in a normal. But I, I, <laughs> I, I agree with you. The thing is, I like what we brought in the midfield. I think Laurent scored. I think, but there's no creativity there. That's the problem. They're all the same player. And the problem is what we've been saying. I've been honestly, it's like I've, I've been saying this now for like six years. It's the same problem every year. We bring in decent. Go on. It is. It absolutely is. And you know, you and I can talk ourselves till Christmas Day. But when when you if you go really down to the to the brass patch, and I've talked about that little purple patch we had, right? You, you box off seasons. Professionals box off the season. 
right? Now, I know what you're saying is right. It's been going on for years. But professionals box off the season and uh, they put that to bed and then they look at the next season. So we've learned nothing from the boxing off. We haven't got strikers. We haven't got decent defenders. We've got no pace in our team. But when you look at the points we got, right, we were very lucky against Cardiff and Coventry. Right? We shouldn't have got the points we got there. Right? So if you if you say that the luck's going to change, right, we're really going to struggle to get 50 points with this current squad. And nobody will tell me that Schumacher is going to be able to make a silk first out of what is a, a rather big South at the moment. Oh, no, it's January. He's, he's, he's got a... He... He's got to go back to Plymouth and get Whitaker, Cooper, and that defender. I can't think of his name. There, he's got to go get quality that he knows and recognises. He's got, he's got to go do it. We've got to open the the wallet again. The pro, the problem is with what we bought in. We've bought in other people's rubbish again. It's like we've gone right back because we used to do it for years, didn't we? In the Premier League, we always bought like Tottenham's rubbish or Fingers' rubbish or whatever. We'd get their players they don't want anymore, and but people just could make it work. And so could Mark Hughes to an extent. But the problem is now with what we're doing, we're bringing in players that really are squad players. The players that we could, like Vinigal should be off the bench, I'll come off, maybe have a bit of an impact, that'll do. He's got to, he's got to make some real changes in this January window. And we, he's got to bring it. I mean, for me, Michael Cooper would perfectly suit our goal. Brilliant young goalkeeper right. that's slowly breaking up. Travers back because he can't play for anybody else and he ain't going to sit there. So I think we'll get Travers back. Right? If Travers gets injured, we have still got Bonham in goal. I've said that we've got a load of midfielders, so we should be okay in midfield. I happen to think that Berger is the one outstanding midfielder we've got. I think Pearson, as you've said, had a poor season. I think DJ's legs must have left him two years ago, the way he's playing, and Loran blows hot and cold. Right? And you've got Bay who's, who's probably quite raw. Right? But got no wide players. Right? So if you do get my in the centre or Wesley in the centre, you don't get the crosses. The ball doesn't go past the first man because Hoover's lost his ability to do that. We will not score goals with those forwards. I'll ask you a question now, Ian. What area of the pitch would you say that those players that we bought in the summer has made the game stronger for Stoke. Where would you say we are a better side now, strength-wise, than we were last season? Having bought 18 players. Um, midfield. Um, really? I'd say right-backs. I think Junior's a good right-back, but I think Berger's... I think Berger's will improve us. It's just the players around him. The, the problem is we've got that many players that blow hot and cold. We've got a squad full of hot and cold players where they'll turn up now and again, but then they'll go missing. There is no true system. Well, it doesn't matter what system we play. The problem is Vidigal is an inverted winger. But then on the right side, we've got a right-sided player, which, which means that system falls down straight away because we haven't bought a left-footed right-side player in. We've bought Bay in. He doesn't know where playing. Junior can't get a kick because we brought Uva back. Defensively, we're probably worse than we were last. Honestly, I would have given Phil Jagielka another year with the crap we brought in this year. But it's the same every year, Ange. Every year we get weaker rather than better. 
every yeah, season. And every year we get nearer the trap door of the first division, and, and now everybody's talking about Ben Wilmot as though he's the best defender since sliced bread. I mean, you can go, you can go, and I, I quite like Ben Wilmot, by the way, because he could ping a pass. But um, you look at the if you can't defend and you can't score, you've got a problem. Don't matter how good your midfield is, but let's let's look at the facts. Ryan May, who you think is a good player in there, he's got two goals. We're halfway through the season. Now, you can turn around and say he was injured for about two, two and a two months of it, maybe a bit more, right? But you've got him and Vidigal, right? In a real scrap, I wouldn't want either of them in my team. No, I, I don't wouldn't. think they're the sort of players that would die for you. They're never going to do the dirty work. They're never going to fight. They're going to always have to be in a team that is doing well, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, yeah. I don't believe. I don't believe they've got the mental strength, right, or the desire to do what we need. And when you're in a basement scrap, and look, I believe we are, right? You're in problems. You've got problems. And in their defence, we create very little, right? So if you're a lone striker, which he has been for most of the time and you're getting no service, then I can accept uh, that you're going to struggle. But I, I, I'm i sure he's a clever player, and I know Dave Reed, said yesterday, he's really good going at the at the goal, but not with his back to goal. I, I just worry about us. And, and then you've got Lowe, and you've got Sidibe, who disappeared. I know, I don't, I don't know why Sidibe's got disappeared. I don't get that at all. I don't understand why Baker's but, come back for him. And you, then you've got Gail. I mean, I, 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 honestly, you, you look at the options up front and, and if your best option, Tesgill clearly isn't fit enough yet or they don't think he's fit enough. Or you, if we're depending on Ryan Mai to run onto balls, as Dave Reed you said, somebody has to get those balls through to him. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't care. If, if Schumacher is the best coach in the world, and I hope he is, he is still going to struggle with the players we've got. Yeah, he will. Would you agree yeah. that we've got to have a really good January transfer window? But that's that's been the case now, Ange, for that long, where we've had to make, like, let's be honest, the reason why Hoover's like with Stoke fans is because Hoover pretty much saved us last season by getting them them goals and them performances that got us to stay up. Because we were awful last year, but to be honest, I can't see massive improvements this year. To be honest, I'd say we're exactly the same place. We keep replacing... Like, for me, these players you're on about, like Ryan May and Vidigal, I agree, I think they are finishing touches to a solid squad. They'll just finish you off and get you the chances. The problem is, we haven't got a solid squad. We've got an injury-prone left-back. We've got three centre-backs that I'd probably get rid of. One's injured. We've got one young good right back, an inconsistent right back in Gooch, and I think Hoover's all over the place consistently. We look at the midfield, we've got hot and cold Laurent. We've got Baker that's just a waste of space. We've got, uh, who else is in midfield? Thompson, who is okay, and he'll work out, and he can play anywhere, and he's decent. He's a good backup squad player. But then you look at the rest of the team, Daniel Johnson. What has he done, really? He's got one goal and two assists. We're halfway through. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we're off and through. Well, I'll throw in something else for you now. We've, we've talked about the defence, OK? McAnally. I think he has... They have a recall option on him in January. Now, I know he had a bit of his 
brain problem yesterday. But if he does go back, we have then got one good central defender in that squad. Yeah. Right? One good central defender. So you look at that and you think, we've got a problem at the back. Right? Do you know how many? We've played 23 games. We've got 24 points. Right? we got... What, we got four points from the last nine games? Might be five. Four or five points from the last nine games. That is relegation form. Yeah, we are. We're in trouble, right? Ange. We are in trouble, yeah. And, and it doesn't matter whatever the manager is, that means your squad of players aren't good enough. Right? He's got no experience at this level. And I tell you what, if he can turn around this half season, I will say he's the best manager we've ever had. Because it is awful. We are going from calamity to calamity. And I just don't know why everybody believes that this 18, 19 signings were made were brilliant. There's something fundamentally wrong. And that fundamental fault for me is the fact that we don't seem to understand that football has changed. And if you don't change with it and you don't keep moving forward, you regress. I honestly believe that the way we are at the moment, and if you base the next transfer window on how many good players we got out of the last, where you and I are both agreeing, what, five out of the 19, right? That means if we sign six players, maybe one of them will be any good. That tells me we're still relegation candidates, unless we sign the next bloke that can score like Lionel Messi from nothing. Well, I can, honestly, I, I don't care who the manager is, and I really want him to do well, and I'm so through and through like you are, but somebody needs to wake up. Stop talking about we could have a late run into the playoffs. Oh, yeah, people we shouldn't be talking. Pe- people who are we talking are that is absolutely silly. People who are talking about that we're going to be in a, rally, a, a late push, wake up. Seriously, I, I, to be honest, I think we we could go down this year. I think luckily there is three worst teams, but they're picking up now. Rotherham have picked up. Sheffield Wednesday are starting grab points, but luckily Millwall have gone garbage since getting rid of Gary Rowett. It could be anybody. We know for me the t- the the last whoever goes down bottom has been poor and they deserve to go down. Second bottom is not far behind, but that third bottom could be anybody of five teams. So if, if Schumacher doesn't get the right players and you're asking a young manager that's only got two years, well, a year and a half of experience behind him to rebuild what we've got to stay in this division, it's a big ask. And it's, this is why I don't understand why we didn't go for somebody like a Neil Warnock or somebody with experience just to get us out there till we can figure ourselves out. But the way the club's run, we're never going to figure ourselves out, are we? One point that I think I'm conscious that maybe people will uh, be um, not splitting the throat, but pouring themselves another large drink when they listen to this podcast. Because let's bear in mind, he hasn't lost. He's in his first match. We could have lost, and maybe the tide turned with Bonham making that save, whereas against Sheffield Wednesday, uh, it went in when Tommy Simkin couldn't save it. But I have to say, if we, it, as I said earlier on, if, if that save had been made by Simkin, Alex Neal would still be in the job. Going back, when Michael O'Neill came to this club, we were dead and buried and had no chance of staying up. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. Michael O'Neill had a a squad of players 
which I didn't think were very good. Most of them were loan players. Most of them were coming to the end of the contract. Right? If I sat down now, and maybe we can do this on the next, next podcast, Ian, yeah. if I sat down now and looked at that squad that Michael O'Neill had as compared to our squad, I think that squad that Michael O'Neill had would beat our squad. Why? Because they were battle-hardened players who knew how to survive. That's the problem we've got now. Most of these players have never, ever played in this league. All of a sudden, they're going to be up against people that know what it's all about, and I think we're going to struggle. Well, we'll do the comparisons on the next podcast, Andy. Something to do midweek while, while we're bored, as we've got notes on this Christmas period. But we have to go into the next game now. So on Tuesday, we've got Birmingham City away. Now, we're level 2-2 on um, Prediction League. So we need... I need a win, to be honest. But, well, we need a win. <laughs> the whole team needs a win against Birmingham. But... How would you feel this one? This is the two most out-of-form teams in the league battling each other to try and scrape points. Wayne Rooney, since he's got at Birmingham, they fell apart. And Schumacher's second and first away game. What do we think? I think, right, I'm doing my head one first, because that's the one you'll take. I think we'll lose 2-1, and my heart says we'll get a draw. Why, why do you think defeat, though? Is, is it just because we're that... I'll tell you why, because I'm a Stoke person. Every year, for many years, they have ruined more of my Christmases than I've had good times. Right? And I just feel that, um, thank God we're playing at Boxing Day rather than having played them before. I just think we're going to struggle. Wayne Rooney's always done well against Stoke, as a player or as a manager. And and I just, I just think we'll be going to try and get a point. I really do. I know he'll say he wants to win. They all want to win. Right, but um, I just feel that we haven't got the firepower. What do you think? I'm going to go 1-0, Stoke. Two odds? Yeah. I've got, I've well, got a, I hope you like uh, So do I. It's, it's more hope. I mean, realistically, we're going to get battered. But, uh, well, as I say now, we aren't getting battered at the moment, are we? We're just struggling to... We're just containing play, aren't we? But... I don't know, because of Rooney's bad effect there, and they've done this before, haven't they, if you remember, when they had Gary Rowett, and they sat Rowett and brought Zola in and nearly went down. I'm going to go win. I'm going to go 1-0 win. Let's let's stick with that. And we'll leave that there. We're not going to do this, the games after, because we will do a midweek pod. We will be back with you. So. Well, can I just say then, for the next pod, if people want to get in touch with you, right? who do you want up front? Who would you like to buy uh, as a striker? I would like to buy Scott Twine. Scott Twine from Burnley, eh? Uh, yeah. Right. Well, well, he's on loan at home, and I think they want three million for him, and that he'll score. Right. We'll probably end up with Keeper Moore on loan, and, and apart from that, we'll have, I think we'll have Travers as a keeper. But wouldn't that be something we could all chat about next time? Well, we'll do that next time. I'll, I'll put the question up, to, and you can share it to to your fans as well see what what striker they want please not Kiefer Moore for God's sake Um, I mean that's what we do isn't it and it'll be alone we always get uh, other people's rubbish (laughs) basically other people's rubbish we've we've run over a little bit tonight so um I hope everybody are you putting this online tonight Ian yeah it'll be online tonight but before we do I want the women how have the women done this week the women have 
haven't played. The match oh. was called off because they, they were away and the opposition's men's team wrecked the pitch. So apart from that, I just want to say I'm sorry if we've ruined your Christmas Eve. Even more sorry if we've ruined your Christmas Day. But get used to it because we'll be back midweek and we'll be ruining your New Year. Yeah, we're going to ruin your New Year and we're going to ruin the first week after the New Year. So sit back and enjoy like we've said before if you like the podcast i don't know why with how depressed we are but if you do follow us on facebook which is just the Potters podcast same on instagram twitter i've lost the page so you'll have to follow ian from scholar green which is my old one and if you do listen to the podcast make sure you tell your friends who are stoke fans or or even if they're bristol fans whoever whoever you want do and if you are listening to a podcast give us a five star review give us a like it goes a long way. It helps us to grow, like the other Stoke podcasts. But they're too cheery, somebody told me. So they were way too cheery compared to yours. And I tend to agree. We are agree. realistic, Ian. We are realistic. Yeah, exactly. We're not, I'm not going to say it's the best thing at Slash Bed when, when it's not. So thanks for listening, everybody. Happy Christmas. To all, all the best.